Hey girl, welcome to Kinsco World, the online playground for boss babe entrepreneurs like you. Here in this realm, we're all about bringing your dream business to life. Let's get to it. Hi guys, I am here with Paige Anderson of Ponderosa Creative. She is a serious boss babe. She like, I don't even know what to call what you do, Paige, because I feel like craft is like underwhelming and you just create these like amazing products, handmade products. You sent some to me and I'm so excited. I like literally set it on my desk and I look at it all day because it's so freaking cute. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Of course. So tell me like more about exactly what it is that Ponderosa Creative is. So Ponderosa Creative's mission is to empower people to live their best creative lives. And I do that in two ways. One is through providing artisan-made products, uh, quilted home goods, upcycles, natural dyes, quilts, other sewn goods. And then the other half of that, empowering people to be creative themselves. I offer quilt patterns, embroidery workshops, embroidery patterns and Ponderosa thread gloss which is a product that I designed and um, is my best seller so basically what exactly is thread gloss so it's a thread conditioner it's made with beeswax coconut oil and essential oils when you're hand sewing you run your thread through it mm. and it just makes tangles not even think about happening interesting that's amazing and that's your best seller yeah Super That's niche, so cool. but yeah. uh, I love it. Um, so it's just like a textile run company. Well, not just, but it is a textile yeah. run company and inspiring people to be creative. Yeah, that's so amazing. So how long have you been doing this? How long have you been in business? So I have been in business for six years, but I, I went full time when I was on maternity leave two and a half years ago. Very cool. And when do you think you really like started taking your business seriously and you were like, okay, like I'm doing this. Is that when you went full time or was there a different moment that you like leveled up or what did that look like? I'd love to say that I was serious the entire time I was full time. Um, and especially with having a baby, that's mm -hmm. not always the case, but it wasn't until like I hit this point of not selling anything and not knowing why and having to take an honest inventory of my business about six months ago, I really took off from there and became so much more intentional and present in the business that it started oh, yeah. being successful. Yeah, I think that's so huge. And there's probably a lot of people listening that feel like they're at that point with their business where nothing's really selling and like, it's just not going as well as they had hoped it would. And I think that's one of the most magical times in your business. Cause that's when you're about to like realign and get so sure in yourself and sure in what you're selling. It can be such like a pivotal moment, you know? Exactly. You could have a great product and no one will ever know about it. If you aren't jazzed up and know exactly the steps to take to market yourself and your product. Exactly. So important. So what did that look like for you then at that point that you were like, okay, I've got to like get more clear on this. What, what made you decide that like you could keep going, you know, cause I think a lot of people in that moment might be like, crap, like I've got to give up. It's not working. So what made yeah. you decide to keep with it? 
at that point, I, a couple months ago, I was just like, should I go back to being an environmental scientist? Should I go back into that field, even though there's no jobs right now? Mm. Um, well, there's some, but it's very competitive, even with a master's degree um, that I have in environmental science. That it's just wow, I didn't like, even know that. That's cool. Yeah, there's like people in entry level, barely minimum wage jobs in the field with PhDs. Mm-hmm. Well, that just goes to show that like, I mean, you, everyone knows how I feel about school, but like you, you can create more money in your job or in your business right now than you could with this like super intense degree, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, I am very passionate about the environment and I try to make my business be as sustainable as possible. But I, you know, I was at that point of like, should I go back? And then like, there's nothing there for me. If I go back, there's enough people in that space that are struggling. I don't need to invite that stress into my life. Mm -hmm. I just need to work harder on what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's actually like a really interesting standpoint because a lot of times people think going back and getting a job or whatever, like that's going to provide the security, but you have just as much security, if not more with your own business. Cause you get to decide like how to make it work. Right. You can't decide if you get fired or laid off or get a job or whatever. You almost have no. more like stability in your business once you can own that. Yeah. I care way more about this than working yeah. for anyone else. I'm not yeah. a very good employee. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think those of us who are like meant to be entrepreneurs, there gets a point that like, we know we can do more on our own. So then it's like really hard to show up in a job with that passion. Yeah. And I always beat myself up for it before having my own business. And I realized that has nothing to do with my work ethic. Yeah. It's just, I'm not going to put energy into something that I'm not 5,000% passionate about. Like I am about Ponderosa Creative. Yeah. And I think it's cool to like know your background of environmental science because when I got your package, I was like so stoked because all the fabric is like either upcycled or dead stock, right? Like that you make your different Mm -hmm. pouches with. I was like, this is like your whole brand feels very like sustainable and all of those things. So it's cool to know your background has like worked its way into your brand. Thank you. I work hard on that. I'm glad it shows through. It's so important to me. So when did you decide to bring that part into your business? Was it always like a part of your business, that aspect of it, or did you integrate that later? It has always been a part of the business. I am so not into consuming a bunch of stuff just to make other stuff. I think that's super wasteful. Um, And I didn't want to contribute to that. So it's always been a part of my business to use sustainable materials, reclaim materials, secondhand things but it wasn't until I went through a rebrand maybe six months ago um, actually taking one of your courses that I decided like no one's gonna know this stuff is that it has sustainable intention unless I tell them Mm -hmm. so I implemented all of that changed my packaging my tags my bio on my website, the messaging on my blog, everything to, you know, you have to tell people so many times before they know. And so now people are starting to be like, oh, well, Ponderosa Creative is a sustainably minded brand. I think it sets me apart from so many other quilters 
um, they're all doing their thing and that's great and that's fine, but I wanted to be more sustainable. And I think that sets the business apart. Absolutely. Well, and the difference is like, everybody's going to have those things that are really important to them and mm-hmm. maybe somebody else, they have different things that's important, but because you became laser focused on, okay, the sustainability aspect is really important to me. Now you can like own that and show up even like prouder of the brand that you've created. Absolutely. So when, tell me about the rebrand, like how did that happen and what did you change in your business with that step? So I had a name that I didn't love and I don't even remember where it came from, but it came like the beginning of my Etsy in like 2013 or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I just stuck with that. And then I was like, I don't relate to this name at all. I'm going to change this. And so I changed to Ponderosa Creative and I actually studied Ponderosa pine trees in grad school. Oh, cool. The resilience of them and how Ponderosa forest basically, I'm oversimplifying this, but I want to be quick. Um, They restore themselves after a fire. Mm -hmm. And I really related to that, not just because I read thousands of pages about it in grad (laughs) school, but I felt like my life changed after having a child and changed after switching my careers. And I am a different person now, but I'm still the same. So that resilience came out and that's why I named it Ponderosa. Um, And then I took that opportunity to also change the branding, the visual look of my company, the messaging, the emails I send out. I just, I could go into this in more detail, but I just changed the entire vibe Mm -hmm. to be what I wanted it to be, not what I thought a quilting company should look like. Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be modern, refreshing, relatable, and have that Pacific Northwest vibe. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That gives me the chills. That's like so cool. Like it's everything. I mean, I think people like strive to be able to find a name like that. So how did you come up with it? Like, how did you come up with a name that is so aligned with everything that you're doing? Was that a long process or did it just like hit you? Like, Oh, this is what I got to name it. Well, for years I was trying to brainstorm something. Um, I'm a firm believer that if you have a business idea, you should just start mm-hmm. and you could rebrand later. Same. But all disconnects you have with your business probably come down to your branding. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I had a list and mulled over it for years. And then finally it was like, I don't even like telling people the name of my business. I'm going to mm. deep dive into this list I have. And there's things like Wild Rose or Northwest something or other. Um, but I wanted something, a plant that I was really, that I relate to because I have a bunch of botanical tattoos, super in love with plants. My husband works with plants for a living. Um, so I wanted that. And then also the other half of it creative to tell people exactly what I do. Yeah. No, I think it's so beautiful. So was Ponderosa on that list or was that something that came to you later? Okay. Yeah. So when did you, how did you decide it was the right one? Because that's like a hard part too, right? Like you're doing this whole huge rebrand. How do you know if you're moving in the right direction? Uh, I think that just comes to your gut. Mm -hmm. Uh, Naming something is so incredibly difficult. 
Mm-hmm. And I see a lot in like entrepreneur Facebook groups and things like that, that people are like, Hey, help me name my business because I can't think of anything. So I guess I just got lucky mm-hmm. that I found something that I liked. Mm-hmm. But you were thinking, I think a big part too is like, you were keeping that list, right? I feel like yeah. if you go into a Facebook group and you get all these strangers that are telling you random names, you're not going to care about any of the names. Probably not. You know what I mean? Like, don't you feel like if somebody had told you Ponderosa Creative, you'd be like, oh, cool. But like you birthed that idea. Like it was part of you. And so it feels really like aligned with everything that you're doing. Yeah. It was just a name that I thought of that it was the only one on my list that really aligned with what matters to me. Mm-hmm. And that's huge. That's, I mean, it's exactly true what you're saying. Like if you're embarrassed to say your name of your business to something, or even like as, as broad as if you're embarrassed to talk about what you do, like you're not going to have the type of success in your business that you're hoping for. You have to no. be freaking proud of it and excited to talk about it with everyone. Yeah, exactly. And you know, rebranding is, a large thing, but it's also a super small thing because you have to put in so much work Mm. to make your business go. And it's not just about being confident about talking about what you're called or what service Mm -hmm. you do, but you need to be able to talk about it nonstop. Mm -hmm. And like do the work, right? Yeah. 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 Like it's like if you had nothing to sell and you weren't creating these amazing products, like your brand would be awesome, but you know, it wouldn't have anything to like actually have people get it in their home. Mm-hmm. So what has been your steps then to like grow your business, right? Like how have you started getting those sales? How did you implement the rebrand? Was it all at once or like, did you gradually tweak things? Um, so I have four steps that I took in 2019 that took me from like a whatever quilting company with good products, but I wasn't well known, wasn't selling anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll go into those. Cool. Yeah. The first step before anything, you need to have a good product that you're selling. I think a yes. lot of people go into business just because they want to mm-hmm. and don't have products that they care about. Mm-hmm. Um, and that shows. And yeah. so after like a couple years of making stuff, I really found who I am as an artist, as a quilter, as an embroidery um, artist, and only started making things in my style. Mm-hmm. I will not make anything that I don't like anymore. Yeah. And so that was part of it, having work that is distinguishable and uniquely yours. Yeah. And how um, did you own that? Because I think sometimes people have a hard time stepping into that. They think they're supposed to like try to be like this person or this person. Like, was it scary once you officially owned, I'm doing what I love and I'm not going to do anything else? Yeah. It's terrifying because what if people don't like it? Mm -hmm. Um, so I unfollowed almost everyone in my industry because I didn't want to see what other people were doing and have that comparison trap. I just wanted to hunker down in my studio and create things and then having cohesive collections um that's when I started being proud and able to Mm -hmm. talk about stuff um and that kind of goes into the first step that I have pulled out of like thinking about this last year and how much Mm -hmm. has changed the big thing was I started experimenting Mm -hmm. making different products seeing what worked 
if that didn't work, try something else or tweak how I did that or try a new color palette. Look in other industries for inspiration, mm. never your own. I love that. Oh my gosh, that's so big. People really struggle to like understand that, but you're not going to make waves in your industry if you're just looking at what everybody else has already done, right? I mean, maybe temporarily. Yeah. But it's not going to be like as big of waves if you could make if you just like did what you know works combined with that, like looking for industry in other areas. I love that. Exactly. And I think um, a lot of people are told to niche down mm -hmm. and that works, but it didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. I realized that I needed to niche up. I needed to diversify the offerings that I had and have services, products, and passive income mm -hmm. that all remained cohesive. I needed to stay on message within my brand. And I think that goes for anyone that's multi-passionate. Don't be only anything, mm -hmm. but also don't spread yourself too thin. You really need to experiment to find that balance. And of course the balance is always changing. Like I'm potty training my kid right now. So that balance <laughs> looks totally different right now. That's just mom life. Yeah. Um, so if you keep experimenting and expanding your offerings or taking other offerings off the table and continue to evolve, you're never going to be selling something that you aren't passionate about mm -hmm. in different seasons of your life. And then you're going to be able to hit those repeat customers that may be in different seasons of their life, but still are in love with your work. Yeah. Well, and I think what's like interesting to think about is you niched up but you still, from an outsider perspective, like you totally are talking to a target customer. It's just you're offering different products in that niche, right? Like, yes, you've just expanded your portfolio, but like you are talking to, I think that's where people kind of sometimes like feel like they're trapped by a niche, but like you're such a good example of like having, having a business where you can be creative and like experiment. I love that word. Like it's so important in business. And, but you're still keeping in mind, like, okay, I want to be sustainable. I want to like, you know, break the rules. Like, like you're taking these things and like messing with them mm -hmm. and not letting yourself be held back by your brand. Absolutely. Uh, I only feel empowered by my brand. My brand wants me to do everything that I'm passionate about. I yes. don't feel limited to like just writing quilt patterns like yeah. I was a year ago. I still do those and get published in magazines and publish them on my website, but that's not all that I do. Because mm -hmm. there's some people that want to have creativity in their life, but don't want to make a quilt. Mm -hmm. It's a huge money and time investment to do that. Maybe they want to take an embroidery class. Maybe they want some design work for their own business done. Maybe they want some packaging design mm -hmm. or... They want to learn how to dye fabric themselves. I could go, go on about that. <laughs> I could talk all day about my business. Yeah. And that's what's good. That's like what, I mean, I think it's really inspiring to hear of somebody who like has success in their business and they have all these different things because for some people that really excites them. And that's like how you can stay interested and excited about your business. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you're multi-passionate, you need to let yourself be. Yeah. And if you're not, that's fine too. It just took me realizing that I can't just do one thing yeah. to be happy. I need to be incredibly busy and do all these different things to feel fulfilled. And then once I met my own need, 
as able to meet other people that were doing the same thing. And that goes into the second step that I recognized that I was doing was collaborating and networking mm. with other boss bays, I guess. <laughs> um, so I really recommend that people join groups. And I know that's not everyone's thing. It, I hesitate to say that it's even my thing because I'm so much of an introvert and I'm not into like socializing but <laughs> when it comes to your work you have to you have to it's there's like, no it's, choice yeah. about it you have to be active in your community and you know you don't have to be like the president of the PTA or whatever mm -hmm. but you have to know your peers potential mentors potential customers mm -hmm. and be around people that inspire you be known in the community because you never know who is out there and who wants to buy your stuff That's so and collaborate with other businesses and reach other people that way. You just, you have to put yourself out there in any way that you can mm. email people, go to meetings. You don't have to go twice if you don't like it. But <laughs> try it. So true. Yeah. Well, and I think the thing is like, you're allowed to go like to be shy and like push push yourself right like you're allowed yeah. to like and you're allowed to go to that meeting and then decide not to go again and decide it didn't help you at all like but it's always worth trying and figuring out for me like facebook i'm totally like an introvert but facebook groups like it's like an introvert's playground like we don't have oh, to worry definitely. about like all the awkwardness and like real life interaction right it's the best so how did what were like different ways that you collaborated with people so I worked with a couple other local companies to release product lines. A uh, name that you're familiar with is MED Design. Oh, yes. I so love she launched a collection of upcycles that mm -hmm. I helped her with the sewing expertise of. Now she also works with an also work for a London Peach Sewing Company. And I made that connection. And so... LP awesome. does the sewing of the flannels, um, and I worked with Emmy for a time to create the upcycled vintage zipper pouches. So it has like the oh, yes, I remember on those of a vintage tee into a pouch, and so we combined our expertise and then reached way more people so that way. Cool. And it's such a fun way again to go back to your first thing of like experiment, like such a fun way instead of just I think people hear collab and they think of posting about someone on their stories right and like that's great but no, that's how boring. can you take it another level yeah exactly <laughs> um and another business that I collaborated with is evergreen goods mm. it's a sustainable minded shop in Olympia where I live um and Megan of evergreen goods approached me and said do you want to upcycle some clothes with my designs because she screen prints these gorgeous like the future is sustainable or no bees no berries designs and I Ooh. decided to work with her on that because it's another business that is so eco-conscious mm -hmm. and aware of the work that we need to do for climate justice mm -hmm. and we combined our audiences and made this amazing collection of products that is upcycled screen heat press onto hand dyed fabric and then sewn onto apparel That's and cool. if you can package 
a really important, I don't mean like a physical package, but if you can display a really important message like pollinators and how important bees are mm -hmm. in a beautiful way that people can relate to, like everyone loves clothes. Yeah. Everyone loves being, at least in the Northwest, we're really into being thrifty. So upcycling clothes with a sustainable message, you're hitting your target audience. And if you could work with another company that believes the same thing, you not only make a friend in the industry, but you also are able to reach so much more people and yes. get out of your head a little bit. It's so true. Well, and here's the thing, like when people are working with people and collabing and whatever, like don't just collab with random people. Like everybody who you've collabed with, you've had a common shared interest and a common shared passion. Like that's so huge. And that's what makes those collaborations so valuable. Yeah. Um, you can't spread yourself too thin and just agree to collaborate with everyone and people. You yeah. Don't care it about. has to be authentic because people see right through yes, that. They do. They do. They do. Okay. okay. So, so there's one more step that I used to really accelerate the handmade business. Um, since we are talking about how to uplevel your handmade business, um, this kind of goes on the last one of like getting out there. Mm -hmm. But I started doing in-person markets Ooh. almost every single weekend. Oh my goodness, girl, you were hustling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm out here for a good time and a long time. Yeah. So, you know, it's really hard to get out there as an introvert, but you have to when you have a handmade business. And in the Northwest, um, we have a huge handmade culture and there's mm -hmm. makers markets every single weekend in every city. So, so fun. I spent my spring, summer and fall, I guess too. Yep. I have a market next weekend and the weekend after that. Um, but vending at events, you meet so many people that may not see your Instagram mm -hmm. or wouldn't stumble upon stuff that's in your store and you meet potential stockists. Mm -hmm. So once I started appearing at markets more because you have this like little mini store mm -hmm. when you're at a market and people that own stores see that and you like collect their info like, oh, you own a store, what's your email? Mm -hmm. And then once I started doing that and connecting with more people, then I started emailing the people that I had met at markets mm. and you have to tell the universe what you want you talk about this all the time mm. and so I just started saying yeah I would love to get my stuff into stores mm -hmm. and then by following all this things that I've been talking about Ponderosa is now an 11 store that is so awesome oh my gosh congratulations thank you that's so <laughs> huge a lot of work I'm so proud yeah. talking to a 12th store today so oh my gosh yes that's so cool I mean to even just think of where you've gone from like being so frustrated six months ago and like to totally owning every single aspect of your business that's so awesome and this is what happens when you do that is like you get success yeah in July I was only in one store wow so you were like you've hit them I always say there's this moment in business where like okay, you're trying, you're maybe getting a little bit of traction, but then mm -hmm. all of a sudden the snowball effect hits and you're just like rolling down the hill, making more and more money, making more connections. That's so awesome. 
I'm so grateful for it, but I know that it also came from hard work. Yeah, obviously. Saying, this is what I want to do, and I'm deciding to do it. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to stand in my own way anymore. It's so huge. It's so huge. Because what happens with a lot of people is I think they decide, and then it gets too hard. And so then they're like, oh, like, I'm over it. But oh, yeah, it's so hard. This is the hardest job I've ever had. But the Uh, best. Yeah, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah. So tell me, like, you're a mom. How do you balance that? Oh, I'm so hesitant to say that I balance it at all. (laughs) You Uh, do. (laughs) Because you're here. You know what I mean? Like, I, you do balance it. If if you're here and you also have, like, a baby, then you got it under control. I think everybody's balance looks different. So I want to hear what yours looks like. So I have a really independent kid. Um, I say that, but I held her for like most of yesterday while I was working. (laughs) Um, so I have been working her entire life from home and I rented a studio for a little bit before deciding to work from home so that I could work more often. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) so she's always seen it and Mm -hmm. she is so into colors and textures and she could tell you what linen is versus nylon. Oh my gosh, that's she, awesome. So she enjoys what I do. And it's just part of her daily life. Like she doesn't know anything different. So when I tell her I have to work, she works yeah. too. Like she pretends. That's awesome. She's got a bin of scrap fabric that she makes quilts with and she's got like a safety needle and like plays with that for like hours and I just I got really lucky and there's different seasons where she wants to do other stuff and as a mom I just have to say yes because she's my entire world she matters Mm -hmm. more than my business ever will Mm -hmm. so I guess that's where balance comes in is like oh I've been working all day yeah, you want to go to the park? I need a break too. Let's go. Yeah, I love that. Like taking those moments and taking it as a break for you too. Like making it feel fun for both of you. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not doing this alone. I have an amazing partner that loves being a dad. It is so much. He didn't even know until we had a kid that that was his life's work. And it's my life's work. And so we enjoy parenting so much most of the time. (laughs) Um, There are nights where she does not sleep and tantrums. Yeah, obviously, all the things. She's a human being. Yeah. Um, You know, and poop and stuff. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He loves being a parent. And so I don't even have to, like, ask, like, if I get 10 orders in a day and... I don't have to be like, hey, I need you to take care of the kid tonight because he's been gone all day. He works four 10-hour shifts, so he has three-day weekends. Mm -hmm. So by the time he gets home, he just wants to see his kid and play. Mm -hmm. And he does the bedtime routine, and I don't know how that happens. But that's when I do a lot of work. That's cool. Yeah. And I heard it one time somebody described it to me as like, even if a mom didn't work one single bit, they, they're not just sitting around playing with their kids all day. Like moms always <laughs> no. have something to do. They always are cleaning or whatever. Like, it's not like, like she probably freaking loves that what you're working on is such a fun, like activity for her to be able to participate in too. 
Yeah, she gets super bored when I'm doing computer work. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all get bored with computer work sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's when I have to be more conscious of creating activities for her, getting out her um, preschool workbook or picture books, pull her little like kitchen set into my studio. Because mm. um, she just, we're pals. She yeah, likes to be around so me. Cute. So I have to be aware of that. And I found that not, well, I'm human too, but trying not to be stressed about, I have so much work to do. Mm-hmm. I can't take care of you right now. And I definitely have those days. Mm-hmm. But once she became a toddler, it kind of got easier because I could tell her, like, Sadie, mom needs to work. This is why. And she's like, oh, okay. Mm, sure um most of the time and then anticipating what her needs are going to be for the day like if it's a potty training day or if she's teething or if she's sick Mm -hmm. that comes first and I brainstorm activities I ask my mom to come over or plan something out for her so that yeah she has her needs met first and I know balance looks different for every mom and I bet you tomorrow, I'm going to think that I don't have anything figured out with my, yeah. I don't think anyone ever <laughs> I feel like, like that. We, no, nobody's ever like, I have everything figured out. If we do feel like that, all of a sudden something comes in to like remind us that oh, yeah. I don't have it figured out. The universe is going to be like, you said what? Yeah. Exactly. Let me adjust your attitude for you. Exactly. Well, I think like, I mean, it's just so cool. Like she's going to grow up seeing like her mom follow her dreams and do what she's passionate about and like create beautiful products nonstop. That's going to be so expansive for her is like she moves into figuring out what she wants to do with her life. You know, I feel like that will just be so good on her little mind that she's seeing you do what you love. I hope so. That's all I want for her is to be happy, kind, and passionate about what she does. Like I don't expect her to go to college or you know, or like an Ivy League or be a lawyer yeah. or a doctor, unless that's what she absolutely wants to be. Yeah. And my husband, Josiah, and I work really hard to be passionate about what we're doing yeah. so that she sees that. Yeah. Because there's nothing that, at least for us, that would bum us out more is seeing adults that are unhappy. Oh my gosh. And so and- that was like our number one parenting thing. Like we need to be happy in yeah. what we're doing in yeah. our careers. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so powerful. Okay. Tell me what your most favorite part of your business is. Oh, geez. Color. (laughs) Um, I super enjoy, um, that sounds corny, but yeah, I super enjoy curating color palettes for different collections. Mm -hmm. I love putting different colors and textures together. Um, and I think any artist can say that my medium is just fabric and thread. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. you know, someday I may outsource some seamstress work because it is very time consuming, but I love that I have these skills mm-hmm. that not a lot of people have. I can make stuff with my hands and so cool. no matter how much computer work I have or emails to send out or markets to go to, I make sure that I make time every day to, in a matter of speech, get my hands dirty. Mm-hmm. Obviously, quilting does not get your hands <laughs> dirty, but 
Yeah. I try to take it back down to basics. Like this is why I do what I do. And I'll put a color palette together. I'll just stitch something up. Like I have some passion projects on the side too that I don't plan on selling or maybe down the road. And I make sure to do that. And that's what I'm most excited about. And what I love most is bringing the fun. Yeah. Well, I think that's so huge because a lot of times like that can get lost and like running a business. There's a lot of parts about running a business that isn't as fun is the reason that we got into it. That isn't as fun as our passion. So the fact that you like keep that up, that's so huge. I try. It's, you know, it's not always possible, but I make a effort to have fun. Yeah. Like what other life would I be living? Yeah. Why wouldn't you want fun in your life? Yeah. What are you working for? Yeah. I love that. Fun is like my most important thing. And a lot of times I feel like I've been noticing that I'm really digging on that. (laughs) you like episodes recently yeah I just think a lot of time business owners totally forget about that and we get in our minds and like we feel like we can't have fun and nothing brings more abundance in your life and abundance of all sorts of things right not just like Mm -hmm. money but like it just brings so much good that fun so I love that you like yeah priority if I'm having fun my family's having fun yes yes everyone around me is having a good time I yes I really believe that. And not every season is going to be fun, but if you try, then more often, I think it will be. And it's an art to practice being mindful of positive energy. And I really struggle Mm -hmm. with that. Um, I always have uh, a lot of friends are just like, can you not complain for a minute? (laughs) So that's something I really work on. but as far as in my business, I've got that on lock. Of yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's so good. Okay. Tell everybody where they can find you if they want more. So tell us your Instagram and also your website. And I'll, of course, link it in the show notes. Okay. So I'm most active on Instagram. That is a complete playground. It's so fun. You could find me on Instagram.com slash Ponderosa Creative. You can also find me online at ponderosacreative.com. I have an online shop where you can buy quilted home goods, upcycled apparel, and if you're in the hand stitching, Ponderosa thread gloss. And on my website, I also have a creative process blog where I talk about other artists, my own creative process, cool things going on in the art community and DIY projects. So cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been so fun to chat with you. Thank you for having me. I could honestly talk about this all day. I appreciate you giving me the time to do so. You're the best, of course.